0: Last Friday, my husband, um, he had flown into Singapore where I'm currently living from the United States where he had been. We have three children living in the United States and he had been over there seeing them. Our youngest son is 16. He had a spring break and Andrew landed in on Wednesday morning and on Thursday morning he found himself not feeling great. I said, let's just check your fever. I, wouldn't, I, I honestly would never think to do that except for the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and he had a fever, so he laid low on Friday. The fever was higher, and he had a cough i said why don 't you go and go and t- check it out and uh, He was admitted to hospital and tested positive for coronavirus that day six hours later and he 's been in hospital since then since um, today is day five um, day six and uh, and having and he 's been um, battling a fever with that and You know, this is a state of, um, it's natural. It is just, I wouldn't be human if I didn't feel some anxiety and some overwhelm about the situation. And I have absolutely felt it, but I shared on my social media channels on Saturday, this what had happened that Andrew was in hospital and I, I just asked people to send prayers and Uh, I've lived in Singapore for two years and, but from across the world, because I've lived in the United States and I've lived in Australia. I am Australian. I'm currently living in Singapore and I was absolutely, I mean, I was in tears numerous times on Saturday, my heart just wide open in gratitude for the sense of the friendship and the community and the outpouring of love that was coming into me.
1: Today with us, we have someone that has been living on multiple continents around the world and she has worked with organizations like Salesforce, British Telecom, NASA, Morgan Stanley, UN Foundation, Johnson & Johnson, L'Oreal, Microsoft, SAP, and Deloitte. And um, she draws on her background in Fortune 500 business, coaching, and psychology to embolden people to lead themselves and others to better outcomes. Her name is Margie Worrell and she's here with us today to talk about her new book and also the relationship between courage and gratitude. Margie, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast.
0: Uh, Thank you, Beto. And I I must just say, as we begin, it's actually my name, it's the Australian pronunciation is Margie with a hard G.
1: (laughs) Oh, Margie. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, Margie. Um, So firstly, I wanted to ask you exactly this, this question, like what does courage have to do with gratitude I personally believe that there is a really beautiful and interesting uh, link between the two but I'm really curious to see uh,
2: to hear your perspective
0: well you know it's all about where we put our focus and so courage as as you would know courage is not the absence of fear it is action in the presence of it and it is and it is when we're living in a state of gratitude, it's very hard to be living in a state of fear. <laughs> when we're living in gratitude, it actually dissipates our fear because our attention and our focus is, is very present to all that we have and rather than on all that we don't want to occur in the future. And so it's just a, it's a very different state of mind. Um, and so courage... I think actually it takes courage sometimes to to shift our attention away from all that we don't want and all that we're afraid of what might happen, particularly in times like this right now when there's so much uncertainty around us, and to really bring our attention back to all that we do have and all that we... Um, all that, is within our control and the blessings in our lives. And um, it's very easy to be focused on all that's wrong and all that might go wrong. Um, and I think it's in times like this when fear dials up, we have to be so much more intentional to really be focusing in on on all that is right in our lives.
1: I love this perspective. And um, I can't help but, but color, uh, correlate this with... Um, uh, Hardwiring happiness uh, the book that uh, Rick Hansen wrote in which he talks about how we uh, have two um, modes of of the brain one is uh, reactive and one is responsive and uh, when we practice gratitude, we get into the responsive mode of the brain and we instead of just reacting we uh, access more of our Inner resources, and we're able to respond to things. And I think this is um, this is really interesting. And I know that you spoke a little bit about this as well in, in your talks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 of course that that reactive mode, when we're focusing in on what scares us, and we put our attention, we have fear hijacks our thinking and it really kicks in that that amygdala function that fight flight freeze function and so we react and it's not always, then our actions aren't always the most rational actions and they're not always they're often not actions that ultimately serve our, our highest well-being whereas responding is a more considered approach it's when we're engaging that part of the brain the free prefrontal cortex where we're thinking through Yes, we are very cognizant of the risks and we're we're very aware of the dangers, but we're not the fear, that emotion of fear isn't calling the shots. And of course, so much of my work in the world is around helping people uh, reclaim the power that we so often give to fear and give to anxiety and give to um, self-doubt and, and really stepping, showing up in the world from a place of self-trust and from a place of purpose and from a place of thanksgiving. And that, that isn't to deny the harder realities of our life, but it is to really operate from a place of, you know, how is it that I choose to be in the midst of the mess that I may find myself in, in the midst of my challenges, in the midst of my adversities? And you know, when it comes to gratitude, often we think, "Oh, you know, it's easy to be grateful when life's going great." You know, that's 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's an easy gig. But actually, we need to be practice gratitude not just in good times, but in all times. And I've I've learned throughout my own life where I've had certainly plenty shares of hardships and heartaches. Is that actually when we're operating? in the present moment from that place of gratitude, it actually opens up, it gives us access to a whole deeper dimension to our experience of being alive, to our lived experience. And with that, because we're operating with it, we're coming from a different emotional space, it expands our capacity to feel joy and it expands our capacity and our bandwidth to deal with the challenges that come our way. You know, I'll give you a really, really very um, current to me right now. Like I'm living this acutely in this moment right now. So last Friday, my husband, um, he had flown into Singapore where I'm currently living from the United States where he had been. We have three children living in the United States. And he had been over there seeing them. Our youngest son is 16, he had a spring break and Andrew landed in on Wednesday morning and on Thursday morning he found himself not feeling great. I said, let's just check your fever. I, wouldn't, I, I honestly would never think to do that except for the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and he had a fever so he laid low. On Friday, the fever was higher and he had a cough. I said, why don't you go and, go and t- check it out and uh, he was admitted to hospital and tested positive for coronavirus that day, six hours later. And he's been in hospital since then, since um, today is day five, um, day six. And, uh, and, having, and he's been um, battling a fever with that. And, you know, this is a state of, um, it's natural. It is just, I wouldn't be human if I didn't feel some anxiety and some overwhelm about the situation. And I have absolutely felt it. But I shared on my social media channels on Saturday this, what had happened? That Andrew was in hospital, and I, I just asked people to send prayers. And uh, I've lived in Singapore for two years, and but from across the world because I've lived in the United States and I've lived in Australia. I am Australian. I'm currently living in Singapore, and I was absolutely—I mean, I was in tears numerous times on Saturday. My heart just wide open in gratitude for. The sense of the friendship and the community and the outpouring of love that was coming into me. And, um, you know, I just people were leaving things at our door. I'm actually now in strict quarantine as I talk to you because I'm considered um, to be and an, an I am an infection risk mm-hmm. um, for coronavirus. But I I've had a really full, full heart the last few days with the, the level of love um, that has come to me through this period. And That's not to say I haven't felt anxious. I've had numerous moments of feeling anxious and overwhelmed, Um, but in the midst of all of that, so so present to the gift of friendship. Um, And I have a wonderful family, but I that are you know in largely in Australia, but friends from whether they're locally dropping off gift baskets and flowers and and chocolate and what have you but um, just around the world and I think there's I think that in the midst of sometimes our storms it's even more important to stop and count our blessings
2: spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping cooking and cleaning up after each meal stress-free eating is just one click away this spring
1: whoa this is this is intense and um yeah it's amazing how how people respond when when they are not in fear and when they have compassion and they they rise up and they they're not in just survival mode but they but they think about other people and how they are feeling and Uh, just being there for, for them. And by the way, how, how is your husband?
0: Uh, Yeah. Thanks for asking today. I'm not yet calling it turn the corner, but he's had his three temperatures today have all been under the, the critical fever level. And so I think it's nearly time for me to (laughs) draw a solid breath and say, I think he's turning the corner. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, so yeah it's interesting I think we have to be so careful particularly when we're in difficult times about what where we put our attention mm. and and as because as human beings we're all wired with negativity bias and we're all wired, hardwired with fear and so we're wired to focus on what's wrong what's missing what could go wrong um, and to catastrophize and to fear cast the future right now. A lot of people looking into the future um, in the midst of this incredibly disruptive period in the world, and and it causes massive anxiety. It can leave us living in the shadow of fear. And I, you know, my own, I've had my own income. Um, I do a lot of speaking at conferences, and I, uh, you know, I, I facilitate leadership programs and you know, every event that I was going to speak at has been cancelled. I was due to be spend a month in the United States. So suddenly I'm like, oh, I've lost, you know, I've lost a whole lot of income. Um, You know, there's lots, and, and me and many, many people. And I'm so certainly I recognize there's many people who are going to feel the financial impact of this if they haven't already. However, I think sometimes it's in these these times we have to come back to basics and go what matters what matters most and um, to really double down on the spiritual practices that allow us to live from a place of being present to all that we do have because what we put our attention on expands.
1: Exactly, I, I think it's it's a great moment to to do this, and it's so important. And from from your perspective of um being courageous being brave as a leader and i think uh, many of us are leaders even if we don't realize it because um we influence other people even in in our families we might be the leaders of the family and um children or spouses might look to us to uh, to see how they should react and i think Especially in these moments, it, it's very important to, to be courageous. And I love how you explain being courageous, what it means and what are the characteristics of being courageous. It's, it's such, such an important thing to, uh, to, to do right now. And I believe that gratitude is, is very helpful in, in this regard. But I know that you have other... Other parts of what it means to be courageous. So, could you share those those parts with us?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of part of that is also embracing our vulnerability. Um, and I think it's not about being strong all the time. I'll say that. It's not about always. Um, It's not about being tough. It's not about always being, yep, hard, I got it, you know, and nothing bends us. It's also being able to sit with the really uncomfortable emotions and being able to feel the hard emotions and recognising as human beings we emote before we reason. So we feel emotions will rise up in us before we can even logically think things through. Sometimes we'll just find ourselves feeling very jealous or maybe malicious, or maybe um, rejected, uh, or maybe um, we'll be feeling just really hurt or offended, even though intellectually we may understand it. M- be able to you know intellectually rationally explain well it's it, you know there's a reason i wasn't invited to that because they don't even know me but we might still be feeling hurt that we weren't included um, and so just recognizing that we are emotional creatures and we there we none of us are immune to those emotions that have that can pull us down and can bend us out of shape and you know and and fear included among that no one is immune to fear or self-doubt or misgivings or moments of um, worrying about, you know, whether they're going to be exposed as a fraud, and imposter. I wrote about that in, in my new book, You've Got This, because so many people can struggle with, <gasps> when will people realise I don't know as much as they think, I'm not as deserving as they think, I'm not as worthy as they think, I'm not as smart as they think. And we can live our lives with this lingering sense of inadequacy, and in fact, I many women. Um, that's why you know a lot of the work I do is with 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 women because my experience is you know as a woman, as a mother, that we women can be so hard on ourselves. We can be our own harshest critics. We can also so, struggle to really internalize our strengths, to really um, own our worthiness, and we can be absolutely brilliant, outstanding at honing in and focusing on all of our flaws and our faults and our where we haven't quite nailed it or we haven't done it good enough and where with this, with this perfectionism can be just this burden. It's like, oh, I know people give us a compliment and we can't even take the compliment because we're like, oh, no, but I, I could have done it better or thank you but, I mean, this part wasn't very good or... And we, we talk ourselves down and we, we struggle sometimes to just own, thank you. You know, yes, I did do a great job. Yes, it is terrific. Um, thank you. I do look great. Whatever. We're, we often like, no, 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 let's draw attention to the inadequacies or our perceived inadequacies. And that in itself isn't being grateful for ourselves, being grateful for our bodies, being grateful for our opportunities, being grateful for our beauty, being grateful for our talents and our skills and our knowledge and all that we have, all the value that we can bring to people around us when we're talking ourselves down. And uh, my friend Marianne Williamson, um, I interviewed her for my Live my live Brave podcast. Um, I've done that a couple of times now and I was with her last year in New York and i she'd given me her time she's so gracious and i said thank you so much for your time it's so generous of you i'm so honored i said of course i'm not oprah i mean i'm not going to be able to share it you know not that many people are going to hear it and she's just said margie stop it Uh, she admonished me she said there is nothing holy in diminishing yourself you know, does Oprah have four children? Has Oprah lived around the world? And I it was, I kind of was funny because there I was making negative comparisons to me with Oprah. Um, and she just, she she wouldn't take a bar of it. Don't talk yourself down, you know, and, but I think we're not living in gratitude for who we are when we're stuck in negative comparisons. And when we're making those negative comparisons with other people, whether it be Oprah, which is a, pretty high yardstick to compare myself to, um, or anyone. And so just to everyone listening, there is nothing holy in diminishing yourself. And I think we just have to, and it's not about being arrogant and it's not about being conceited. It's about just being fully present to the gifts that we have, to the gift that we are, to the strengths that we have um, and, and really living from that place. And I think when we're living from that place, we are living our lives in a powerful way and from that place of gratitude, from that place of sufficiency, I am enough and I have, doesn't mean we're not working to better ourselves and be the best person we can be, but it means that we're not honing in and operating from a place of inadequacy.
2: that's gratitude50 at factormeals.com/gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active
1: exactly i love this idea and i think it's so powerful because if we if we think about it and we we take it to the extremes uh, even oprah can compare herself with different guests that that she has and can feel inferior can feel that she hasn't done enough or uh, she isn't enough because this this goes on forever and our skills and uh, the things that we are the 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 things that we know and the qualities that we have are unique and I have my qualities you have your qualities our listeners have their qualities of course if we compare our uh, worst defects with uh, other people's qualities the the best that they got we will feel bad we will we will feel that we are not enough and that that can go like it doesn't matter where you are you can still do that and i think that that can be very helpful for us to to have that perspective that actually it's it's not about getting to perfection because that's that's not real and even the those that are at their highest level can still do this can still compare with other people and still feel inferior or that they didn't do enough or that, that they're not enough compared to other people and i think that's that's very interesting and uh, yeah, i love your point it's it's so powerful when we, when we are able to to own our um, qualities and to focus on them because especially in these times when when things are hard, we tend to focus much much more on those things outside of us that seem bigger and stronger that we feel we can't actually deal with. And when we see our qualities and the the things that we um, can do about the situation, we get empowered, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think it's, it's really about where we're putting our attention and recognizing where we're all going to fall down into a self pity mode at times or into a blame mode at times, or um, it's not fair. And what, haven't, what, 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 have, what, I, what don't I have? What's what isn't right? You know, what should be different? What should I have more of and to live in this place of what's missing Um, In fact, I think that's where we're naturally default hardwired to go, to live from a place of what's missing. Oh, well, what's missing is that, you know, I'm not getting the opportunities I want with work. What's missing is that, you know, people don't appreciate me enough. What's missing is, you know, I don't have enough money or um, my parents, you know, didn't raise me well enough or um, my education's missing or my kids aren't as good as they should be or whatever. And we can live our lives in that place. Of what's missing. I don't have the perfect body. That's what's missing, um, you know. And yet, if we live from a place of what's present, you know, what do we have? What are we surrounded by? Um, my dad has been a beautiful role model for me for that. He, uh, my father, milked cows for fifty years. He, he finished school at sixteen, um, milked cows his whole life made very very little money um it was enough to raise us children just but um you know has financially doesn't have a lot of money lives in a very simple house nearby where he has lived his whole life and he often says you know oh Margie, i'm the richest man in all the world and um he just he just feels oh he's so blessed you know and he's he's 84 and he's in good health and just he's, he focuses on the fact that he's alive. He'll often say, "Ah, oh, it's good to be alive. And I've got your mother and, you know, and I've got children and I've got a view and he lives near a lake and he looks at the lake and whatever the weather is, he thinks the weather's the best weather that day. Great windy, <laughs> cold day or it's a beautiful sunny day. Whatever the weather is, it's the best weather. And I just think um, it's a beautiful way to approach life. Definitely,
1: definitely. And I think when when we... Compare this to a, a person that might have everything that uh, we think of as success and might not feel this way, at least I, I would go for <laughs> for uh, the, the state in which your father is living. And um, I think as long as we are fulfilled, it doesn't matter if we are successful in the eyes of others, as long as we feel fulfilled and feel happy and I think that's that's such a wonderful perspective on life that he has I I think it's it's amazing like it's it's gratitude embodied
0: (laughs) yeah it really is it really is I, I think it probably is why he is so healthy too you know he's he doesn't complain about his lot he just um just is really present to all the good and uh yes I've met I've met many people who financially are quite wealthy yet they don't live a wealthy life in fact they live in a a state of poverty thinking because they're always scared about how they're going to lose their wealth (laughs) 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 that someone's going to swindle them from their millions or um and and I think you know there you are you have all this money but you actually are not living in freedom you're living in fear and um I'm sure you enjoy going out on your beautiful yacht but so much of their motion i mean our emotions the quality of our life is proportional to the quality of our emotions and so if you live in a little simple dwelling but you feel so grateful for that dwelling then you're you're rich and if you live in a you know 10,000 square foot mansion but you're stressed out and you're you know you've got a lack of harmony and love in your relationships then You know, really, is that really, what kind of quality of life is that? And that's not to say, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's great to be poor, to not have money and, you know, no, it's great having money. It's wonderful. It gives us choices and that's terrific. But I think we have to be careful because actually we know from research that, after a certain level of income, actually it's very minimal um, incremental return on happiness. And and so often it's our comparisons that leave us unhappy and take us out of gratitude. People don't mind that they got a 10% pay increase until they discover everyone else in the department got a 20%. So it's the comparison. It's not how much we have. It's how we feel about what we have compared to our neighbour and our neighbour over here. And, you know, having travelled a lot in third world countries, um, I meet people, and they can be so happy, and they have so little, but they're not focused on. They're not. They're not comparing themselves to living in a big house with air conditioning. They're just happy to have a meal, enough food for their children, and so and enjoy the company of their neighbors at night. So, um, I think it really is about what we put our attention on, and getting and, and avoiding getting caught into these negative comparisons.
1: Exactly, and I think this is this is a great perspective, especially in these times when most probably for many of us our incomes lower uh, maybe different sources of income just disappear overnight it's important to to have this perspective and to know that your happiness and the way you enjoy life isn't uh, related as much to uh, how much you are earning it's it's much more of what you're able to to feel and how fulfilled you are able to feel, and I'm sure that, and I I believe this with all my heart that we will get back, we will bounce back, we will we will bounce back maybe even stronger and even happier after this after this period, and the way we do it is is going to be uh, one way or another depending on how we relate to this period right now and how we what we uh, choose to see and what we um, choose to experience. If we choose to experience more courage, more, more gratitude, we will find those solutions to, to make life even better after this is all done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I am a huge believer. I, I just wrote an article in Forbes the other day, you know, I was quoting, Maria rainer Wilkie, and do not squander the hour of your pain. And I think right now in the midst of our pain, I mean my personal pain, I have three children 10,000 miles from me. I have a husband in hospital right now, unwell. Um, you know, <laughs> financially hit like many people, there's pain, you know, all of that stuff. But how, I for me, it just, it only, it just, it just, just cements my resolve to make good from this. I want to make sure when I look back on this period, I go, man, my life is richer and better off because I went through that storm and I am so determined to making good through and in the midst of this hour of pain, in the midst of this storm. And I think when we approach life that way, how can we find good in the bad situations it, it allows us, it, I think it shifts, expands our vision. It stops us focusing on all the doors that have closed and allows us to look at what are the doors that are opening and how can I, or what what doors can I open here? What can I do here to to make something good of this? And I think one of the simple things all of us can do is reaching out and being a good friend and a good neighbor and a good citizen and lifting up people around you, getting the focus off yourself. And I think Doing that is good for the heart, good for the soul, and allows everyone to to really experience the mag- the magic of 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 community.
1: Yeah, I think the interesting thing about about this uh, crisis is that even though uh, there's social distances, it it's bringing us together. Like I I feel more connected to my family, to friends, to to people in the community than than I felt before, and that that's very interesting for me. And uh, I think we will see this in a very different way when when this will all be over. And I'm sure that um, if we adapt and we find solutions, we will uh, we will find ways to to make this uh, an opportunity and something that we we will look back to as a as a blessing.
0: Yeah you know, I, I, that's how I approach life. Um, I've had, and I I wrote about my brother's death in you've got this and there was no way you could sum up when, um, it was really very sad. My brother and he died. Um, he took his life after a long battle with, um, with schizophrenia. And, and I remember in the weeks following his death, just writing in my journal and writing to God, you know, what good can come of this? Like what good can come of this tragedy of this, young life brimming with so much potential that ended so soon with so much suffering. And, and you know, I, I came out of it with what good can come of this is me making sure I make the very most of my gifts and my blessings and my mental health and mental wellness and being present to um, honouring the life that he didn't live. And I think for all of us, we can frame things in ways where we can find good in things and make good from difficult situations. And and so to everyone listening, whatever you're struggling with right now, um, and all of us have our different struggles, that's just what it is to be human, but to just ask yourself, you know, how can I find good in this and how can I make good from this and how can I show up in this moment in a place, standing in gratitude for what I have and living with courage, being brave in who we are and how we embrace our challenges, embrace our vulnerability, but also rise above our fears, feel them, step through them and and refuse to surrender our power to them.
1: Exactly. Oh, thank you so much. I think this is a wonderful ending to... our time together i really appreciate your time and the fact that you were here with us in in these um, challenging times for us as a society and for you personally let us know where uh, people can um, read you've got this and uh, when will it uh, come out
0: ah well i mean it is out it's already out in australia and i think it's it's actually it's already shipping in the united states people can order it on obviously amazon book depository uh, i know they do free international shipping it's everywhere if you just um, google my name and google you've got this um i also i have all the details on my website margieworld.com um but yes it's available online and it's it's also available in bookstores but i appreciate at this moment in time as you and i are speaking um, most people, I think a lot of bookstores are closed and, and people aren't in bookstores. So I just encourage people to just to order a copy and it'll be on Audible and ebook as well.
1: Awesome, awesome. It's, it's a great opportunity for us to take the time to read great books like yours and to, to get inspired. I think it's, it's a great time for this. And uh, we, we can if we choose to use it wisely and um, to better ourselves and to, to get stronger
0: yeah absolutely and i think that's how we have to approach this moment in this moment in time and it's my hope and my prayer that that people will emerge out the other side of this more connected to themselves and their innate capacity to deal with life's challenges and more connected to the humanity in others um if if ever this this teaches us that we are one big global family we are not separated by borders by race by religion we are really ultimately there's so much more that bonds us than divides us and um this is a time to really live from that place
1: yeah that, that's amazing and i think indeed it's it's a moment for unity and i think this this unites us beautifully Thank you so much. Once again, I'll be putting the links to, to the book and also to your website in um, the description of this episode. I really, really appreciate your time and all of the wonderful things that you've shared with us. Thank you, Margie.
0: Oh, my pleasure. You
2: take care. Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, Share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.